Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today is going to be a quick episode. I, I really just want to walk you through this idea that's come. To, well, it's not an idea, but just walk you through something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And that is the downfalls of thinking in isolation. So let me explain what that what that means to me. So today I had Brad Jensen on a podcast I was recording and he was telling the story and we were just kind of laughing about a post he did recently on Instagram where he was saying, look, dumbbell tricep kickbacks, not the best tricep exercise. I will second him on that one, third one, fourth him, fifth one. That is, it's a very valid point. And if you are wondering why, you can always look at my Instagram account where I show the disadvantages of that exercise, but I'm not going to get lost in the weeds of that. Basically, when we were talking, I said, look, Brad, I completely agree with you. But he got slammed by a bunch of people saying, but look at this bodybuilder, he did them. And look at this person, they they do it too. And, and, and I thought... I said, look, pointing at a bodybuilder and saying they're a good reason why we should be doing something, one exercise, why we should be doing one exercise, it doesn't make sense. It's not very wise by any stretch of the imagination because we're speaking in isolations at that point. Because what I mean by that is that bodybuilder isn't just doing tricep kickbacks to build their triceps. They're not just doing that one exercise. So pointing at someone and saying, look, but they do that exercise and they have nice triceps. That is the worst evidence possible that that movement did anything for them. Because we're thinking in isolation. People don't go to the gym and just do one exercise and one exercise only on a body part. You just don't see that. So guaranteed, this bodybuilder that they held up as an example, I can't even remember who it was. And just a side note, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Some pretty bad fitness information comes from the bodybuilding community. I I mean that in the nicest way possible because often one bro tells another bro and they tell another bro and that's why they call it bro science, right? Because it's just, oh, I think this and I feel this and and it gets passed down. And so there's been a lot of pretty bad information passed down. And as we learn more about the mechanics of the body and how it moves and the impact of exercise and exercise selection and tension and volume and failure and all of these things, we learn that we really can't speak in isolation, right? We, we've got to step back and see everything as a whole. Now, this has a point, guys, I, because I've been thinking about this a lot, because how often do we do that? How often do we scroll through Instagram? We stop at a girl. Let's just use glutes because every like that's a big thing right now. Everybody wants bigger glutes. We stop at a girl who has gorgeous glutes, 
and we see her doing some weird, random exercise. And the moment that we say, that's it, that's the exercise I need. And then if we try to prove that it's a good movement because that girl with nice glutes does them, there you go, guys. You're speaking in isolation. You're seeing things in isolation because guaranteed that girl doesn't just walk in and do frog pumps every single time she does training. Guaranteed that's not the only exercise on glutes she does. So we have to step back and say, well, what's her full program on glutes? I don't know because I don't see it. So she could very, very well be building those glutes that you're admiring and wanting, coveting. She could be building those with quality movements that have enough tension on the glutes, enough volume, enough working around failure and hard work. But I speak from experience. I post myself doing a squat, a leg press, walking lunges, step-ups, and nobody's that impressed. Nobody is liking it massively, supporting it like, yep, that's how glutes are built. But I put in a new kickback variation and all of a sudden people are like, ooh, I need this. Do you need it or is it just the cherry on top? Ooh, Lindsay's glutes have grown because she, and she does that exercise. I have to do that exercise. Okay, well, red flag, you're speaking in isolation. What if you can't even perform that exercise very well? Then is it going to be a main driver for your glute development? No. You need to find what you can do well, creating a lot of volume, tension, hard work. And those in the length and mid position are going to be main drivers for hypertrophy. Not some new cool kickback that I just barely learned two weeks ago and now am filming and posting. Is it a great addition? It can be when used correctly. But once again, we shouldn't be just looking at an exercise in isolation, using it to prove if it's good or bad because somebody with a nice body did it one time and recorded themselves in the gym and said, I love this movement. Okay, that is a really bad reason for you to choose that movement. Now, we also do this with foods. So I'm going to share a post that I did today because this is a question that I actually get a ton. And it kind of comes back to this thinking in isolations kind of thing. So I get this question all the time. People come to me and say, I eat healthy and work out, why can't I lose weight? Let's just process this question for a minute because I think it's a really good question. And I, and I love that people are coming to me with this. They're thinking that some through there, something's amiss. I have the food, right? I'm eating healthy. And sometimes to the point where I don't even like my foods I'm, and they feel like they're sacrificing a lot, right? I, I'm sacrificing not eating these foods I enjoy. I'm eating these foods that I semi kind of enjoy, but not really 
because it's just like, well, what should I have for breakfast? Because I'm in a diet now. Oh, I just eggs and maybe some cottage cheese and then a salad for lunch because I'm in a diet, you know, that whole thing of now I'm going to, because I'm trying to lose weight, now I'm going to start eating foods I don't even like because that's how you do it. And you eat quote unquote healthy, right? I see that all the time. I remember talking to a woman and being like, do you even like that meal? That doesn't sound very good. And she goes, no, I don't, but I'm in a diet, so I have to eat it. And I was like, ooh, you've missed it. You've missed it. That's okay. Not a lot of people know this concept that you can eat healthy foods that you really, really enjoy that you usually eat at maintenance and you just make small changes to lower the calorie count. And you also can eat foods that you really, really enjoy that are healthy in a calorie deficit. And I teach that a lot to my clients that we need to learn lifestyle. Lifestyle is not you tracking your macros every single meal for the rest of your life until you die. That is not it, right? Lifestyle is changing foods, finding foods you love and enjoy that are healthy and balanced, balanced amounts of protein, carbs, and fats. You love these meals. They fill you up. They are nutrient dense. You love them at maintenance. And then you cut them down a little bit for a calorie deficit and you eat the same foods in your quote unquote diet too. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm really excited to do a full YouTube video on that so I can show you guys what I mean by that because my foods are the same at maintenance and in a calorie deficit. But I want to talk about this eating healthy, just that term eating healthy. That is so vague guys eating healthy. What does that mean? It can mean so many things to so many other, so many different people. Some people think eating healthy is going to Costco. And when it's, when there's, um, a a package of food that says protein, they're like, Oh, it's healthy. I'll get it. I don't really like the taste of it, but it says protein. And then when you look closely, it has like eight grams of protein and 400 calories. It's really not that good of an option, but the packaging sold it to them. Or maybe the packaging says guilt-free. Ugh, I can't stand it when packaging says that on food because nobody should feel guilty about food. Nobody should. Even if you choose to eat a donut, you should not feel guilty about it. It is not a sin. It is not, it doesn't have some moral implication to it. It's a donut. You wanted to eat it? Awesome. Good. Eat it. Right? I I just don't believe that we should shame people for eating foods that they enjoy. I, I don't think that we should put some kind of moral label on foods. Um, it in fact, there there was a, a study, and, and I I'm sorry that I don't have it off the top of my head, but I remember that the implications of it was those that had poor relationship to food. They were those that would go around labeling foods good and bad, right? Now there can be foods that have higher amounts of certain macro or micronutrients, but just like in life, we need to balance everything out. So you know, this whole idea of I eat healthy, somebody else could be like, well, I eat healthy and they 
they, because they have a salad every day for lunch. And, and they, and once again, they're thinking in isolation, right? They're focusing on that one salad that they have every single day. So therefore they eat healthy and therefore they should be able to lose body fat. Uh, that's just not the way it works. Eating quote unquote healthy. Um, and let's just label that as like, you have a 80% of the time you're eating whole foods. You may mix in, you know, 20% of the time, some fun foods, um, or a little bit more processed foods. Let's just say, okay, for the sake of co- this conversation, that's a healthy diet. Okay. So eating healthy doesn't guarantee fat loss. Why? Because I eat healthy at maintenance and I'm not seeing fat loss. You can eat healthy and be eating at maintenance. This means that your energy in and your energy out are balanced. So you're not going to lose body fat that way. You need, you still need to create an energy deficit with those healthy foods in order to see fat loss. And another thing people ask me is, but if I eat salads and work out, isn't that enough? Well, if you aren't seeing fat loss, then no, because maybe your maintenance calories are like 2000 and you're having three salads a day. And people are really funny about salads because when you put salad dressing on, it's usually, and, and all of the good stuff in and, and, and avocado and tomato, and these are great things. But the salad itself could be 600 calories. It is really funny. People think salad good, hamburger bad. And yet there are hamburgers that are like 400 calories and salads that are six, seven, 800 calories. We shouldn't label that one good, this one bad. Hamburger, bad, processed food, salad, great, healthy, you'll lose body fat food because that's not true, right? Because you're thinking in isolation. You cannot do that. You have to step back and look at what are you eating over time, consistently throughout the day over time, not thinking in isolation here. Because like I said, you can have three salads that are about 600 calories each. Plus, usually what people do is that doesn't fill them up enough. So they're taking nibbles, bites of all the food that they, that they label bad, that they can't eat, but they're going to nibble on it. And it ends up bringing them up to 2000 calories, which is why they're not losing the body fat they want to. I thought this was kind of funny. I wanted to share it. My dad started sending me pictures and it was just like one a day, every few days, And he'd say, is this a good meal for fat loss? And I told him, dad, you're thinking in isolation. We can't do that. What's the full day of eating over time look like? That's what we need to focus on. I said, that's like someone sending me a picture of a $10 purchase that they want to make asking if it fits in their budget. They're probably thinking, oh, this is good. It's only $10. And they send me a picture. Do you think this will fit in my budget? I don't know. What's your budget? And what have you spent your money on already? I mean, if you just blew $500 at your Target trip half an hour ago, hour ago, 
then maybe that $10 that doesn't seem like much is going to be what tips you over. So now you're in debt, right? So we cannot think so small. We have to step back and look at it over time. My husband brought this up to me today. He said, you know, I was eating a um, this big Mexican burrito that was just amazing. And our neighbor said, what? How can you eat that? Like, don't tell me you eat that. I, I need to think that you eat salads all day long, right? How can you eat that and look like that? And Alex kind of laughed and he goes, you know, to your point, Lindsay, he's thinking in isolation. He sees this one thing that I eat. And he said, oh, he says to himself, oh, well, Alex can just eat whatever he wants. How many times, listeners, have you thought the same exact thing? You go to a party, you see a woman eating the piece of cake. She's lean, healthy, strong, fit, whatever you want to say. And you think, oh, well, she can just eat whatever she wants. You are literally seeing the tip of the iceberg. You don't know her activity level. You don't know if she has gone through fat loss phases to get where she's at. You don't know how hard she's working out. You don't know, you don't have a clue about what she ate for the rest of the day. You're thinking in isolation. Same exact thing happened to me. I went to a party and I I try to keep my fitness coaching life a secret life, but (laughs) sometimes people find out. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, I'm just going to eat what you eat. And I looked at her and I said, because we were walking up to this this huge table that was spread out with food. And if I remember correctly, it was like this waffle buffet. It was kind of this cute, fun idea. Belgian waffles, and then you got to fill it up with like whatever toppings you liked, right? And she said, she came over and she goes, I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to eat what you eat. And I looked at her and I said, hmm, why would you do that? And she goes, well, because you're, you're just really fit. I said, eating one meal like I do in this very moment is not going to have any impact on the way you look today or tomorrow or the next day or the next day or the next day because you cannot look at it in isolation. One meal doesn't make and it doesn't break you. You have to step back and look at it all. So another thing too is people will say, well, shouldn't working out be enough? If I eat remotely healthy, work out every day, then I should drop body fat. Well, sometimes when we go from no movement to working out, there's this cascading effect that usually happens. We start feeling better and stronger because we're moving, we're using our muscles, we're getting blood flow, circulation. We just feel better moving more. And that has this impact of, I want to eat better too. So they kind of play off of each other initially. We move more, we start looking at foods, making wiser options, quote unquote, eat healthier, right? And yes, initially those two things together, somebody is going to see body fat come down. 
but the body is complex. The more you move and the less you start eating and the body realizes it's not at equilibrium anymore, it's not balanced, it's not at maintenance, the energy out and the energy in is not the same. And so the body is going to start to make alterations and it can make them on both sides of that um, that scale. It can look at energy out and say, mm, I'm going to move less. So maybe at the gym, you move a lot, you get... Uh, your activity level in, whatever that may be, and you get your lifting in. But then throughout the rest of the day, the body's going to have you start slowing down. Maybe you don't take as many steps. Maybe you don't talk as much with your hands. Maybe you just don't, you, you find you want to sit more and watch TV. This is the body trying to pull back on one side so that energy in and energy out are balanced again. Or if that doesn't work because you're pretty good at staying active, maybe you have a job that demands you to do so, you're going to the gym, all of that stuff, maybe that doesn't work, then what the body's going to do is be like, and it might play on both of them at the same time. I'm not saying it goes back and forth and thinks through like this, right? But the other side of the equation that it can work off of is it's like, huh, well, if she's not going to slow down, I'm going to be sending more hunger signals to her so that she eats more. She feels a little bit more hungry during the day. And so she eats more. So initially, this whole idea of you starting to get to the gym and move more and make healthier options, initially, we can see some reductions in body fat. But because of the complexity of the body, we are going to plateau. And some people do it relatively quickly. So um, I was just looking at a study, Ben House was quoting, where it was like there was like a, a two to four um, reduction in pounds in body fat. And then there was this plateau as the body started moving um, and, and moving less or getting more hunger signals. So although that that's great and that's this initial first step we need to take, at one point we will need a little bit more cognitive oversight. Now I'm not saying everybody needs to track their calories, but I am saying that there is going to be a point where we do need to somehow measure what's coming in and how can we keep it there? How can we keep it um, this energy out higher in this equation than the energy coming in? So that's something that you have to kind of figure out Um, do I track macros? Do I track calories and protein? Do I uh, use portion control? Uh, What is the method that I'm going to use to have more cognitive oversight over foods so that I can see that fat loss? So really in conclusion um, to this discussion of, you know, isolation and also this discussion of, why if I'm eating healthy, am I not seeing body fat come off, right? In conclusion, eating healthy is great and wonderful. And I strongly encourage people to eat more whole foods because even when you do get into a calorie deficit, you won't feel as hungry because we have more uh, nutrient-dense foods uh, that keep us fuller longer. But also with the realization that, look, you can eat healthy at maintenance. So eating healthy in and of itself 
you can't just say that's thinking in isolation. I eat healthy, therefore, no, we got to step back and look at the full picture, right? You need to create an energy deficit by moving more than you eat to see the fat loss. And and just a reminder, you don't have to eat salads for every meal to lose weight. And I would encourage you not to do that. If, you know, especially if you don't enjoy salads, if you love salads and it's your favorite thing and you find yourself daydreaming about them, waking up wanting them, um, then sure, you know, that's great. You eat salads, that's fine. But I, I just feel like a lot of people think salads equal a healthy diet. And that's not true. Like what's in your salad? Is there enough protein? It, are there adequate enough uh, fat? Do you, Where are you getting your carbs to help you feel good during your training? I mean, because lettuce leaves are not enough carbs to help you feel good during your training. And if you're anything like me, my training is my favorite part of all of this. So if if your your diet isn't healthy, if it's not supporting your lifestyle and your training, let's just say it how it is. It's not healthy. I don't care if it's just lettuce leaves and kale and avocado. That's not going to be enough to support the needs of your body as far as protein and recovery. And we'll need the carbs to help support our training. We'll need enough carbs to help support our training. So that whole healthy, that word in and of itself is so vague. So just remember, you know, don't just look at one meal a day. Like, don't just think, and and don't even just think of one day of food. That in and of itself is thinking in isolation because people will do that all the time. Well, Monday through Wednesday, I ate like this. And then I, the rest of the week, I'm eating, you know, how I ate before. So, well, we're probably not going to see much progress with that, right? So we can't look at it at just one meal or one day. We've got to step back and say, over time, what does it all equate to? And I love that ability to not think in isolation because it's like people who fixate on the one meal are those that usually can't enjoy the one meal, right? If they're thinking in isolation, these people can't enjoy the donut, you know, once every few weeks or whatever. They can't even do that. Why? Because they're thinking in isolation, donut, bad. Look, a donut isn't going to kill you. And as part of a healthy diet, you can include a, a donut once a week even. Like, I don't want you to be eating three donuts a day. There's much better options for you. But incorporating these foods into, unless you're allergic to them, I don't want people to be scared of food. I just want them to make, uh, I'll say, food purchases wisely, right? Because we have a budget. We have a um, an energy calorie budget. And are we using it wisely? Are we getting the most out of it? 
but are we also enjoying how we use it so that we'll continue to eat this way for the rest of our lives? Or when you are in a diet, do you all of a sudden think, oh, got to eat the gross foods because I'm in a diet. It's like an Eeyore approach. Um, That's what randomly came to my mind. So I just want to strongly encourage you guys, when you're looking at exercise and exercise selection, we don't choose exercises based off of somebody who genetically or maybe drug-related looks a certain way, right? And, And we also don't attribute the way they look to one single movement because nobody lifts like that. If you are a bodybuilder, you are not just doing dumbbell tricep extensions, right? You are kickbacks. You are doing, you, you're going to have press downs. You're going to, with, with cables, you're going to be doing extensions with dumbbells or bands or whatever it may be. There's going to be a ton of other exercises. Likewise with glutes. Do not fall in the trap of saying, well, that girl has, you know, amazing glutes and she does the abductor machine. Like, yes, that's fine. But but we know more about this one exercise. We know that she did not build all of her glute max the way it's built just doing that one exercise. She was doing, utilizing a ton of exercises and maybe that was an accessory move that she sprinkled in at the very end. And from what we know about it, as far as the glute max, that is not even going to be the most valuable option. And personally for me, I'm never going to program it in there because I'd rather choose exercises where I know it lines things up really well for the muscle and I'm getting more out of it because I don't have time to just go into the gym and waste. So in my personal programming, when I talk about my app and my personal programming is in my app, you can follow along with me. Just know that I am choosing exercise based off of, I'm getting my biggest bang for my buck because I know that muscle growth takes a lot of time and I don't want to waste a lot of time. I want to get in, work hard, get back home to my family, to the things that really, really matter. And yet I also want to build muscle along the way. So I don't have time to spend two hours, um, you know, doing all these suboptimal exercises every day in the gym. I'm going to go in, choose the best exercises I can for the goal. I'm going to kill it. And then I'm going to get out and move on with my day, right? So I really want to encourage you to take a take a step back and look, besides just in, in health and fitness, is there any other aspect of your life that you're just thinking in isolation and holding yourself back? By doing that, or even just preventing yourself from seeing what's going to really bring results or change to your life. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I really love and appreciate each one of you. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to send me a DM on Instagram. 
You can also check out my website, liftinglindsay.com for options for optimized training. 